welcome back to the third place. It's a it's been a long road to this point. We are finally at the point, the end of this trilogy of remedy games. Uh it's a little melancholic thinking about this little journey ending, but hey, the the memories have been so sweet. And I'm back here with Ryan for one last time. Oh the, man. <laughs> how are we doing tonight, Ryan? I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling bittersweet <laughs> as well. I don't know what I'm gonna do after this. Yeah, we've we've spent well on uh, on technically on episode wise, we've spent like four hours together, and that doesn't <laughs> include like the extra like two hours that we talk outside of the recording <laughs> that we've done, include and then plus the ninety almost two hours that we were just talking uh, back and forth tonight as we're you know just talking about nonsense, uh, you know, quote unquote, to get the podcast juice flow podcast juices flowing tonight, but. <laughs> um yeah we we came from max the the somber noir love story of max Payne 2 last week and now we're on to something i guess a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more uh silly but also very much in the vein of max Payne. you know that sort of uh literary uh pulp uh thriller in malin white but before then one of the recurring threads of this trilogy of episodes has been me documenting my experience waiting and playing the Resident Evil 4 remake that just came out uh, this past Friday, and I have completed it. I beat it in 13 hours. Um, Incredible. Uh, I'm currently in my second playthrough on Hardcore. Mode. What was your final game ranking? <laughs> A B. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I learned very quickly that the game rates you more on time than anything. <laughs> um, and I guess to get an A ranking, you have to like beat it in like 10 or 11 hours, which is insane to me. Um, I've seen people beat this game, Resident Evil 4 Remake, in four hours um, with, to get like an S++ rank, um, which, again, also just blows my mind that people can do that. Um, I remember with the Resident Evil 2 remake, I got so close to an S rank on Claire with Claire's campaign when you do the second playthrough mm-hmm. with the other character. And I got, I was two minutes off an S Damn. rank. It is because I kept dying in the final boss. Oh. And I was so upset. I was like, fuck this game. I'm never touching <laughs> it again. And then I kept playing it. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, RE4 remake. Um, I, I'm keeping my thoughts relatively compact tonight because next week I'm going to uh we're gonna be reviewing RE4 remake. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But safe to say that this game lives up to the hype that I I think that everyone had for this game. Uh it very much feels like a big love letter to the original. Um it changes things around, it changes it, you know. It does some tweaking, but it's never in the vein of like negating the original or saying that the the original is like bad or not of the modern lens. You know, it, it feels very much like it reveres and respects the original, and all it does is just to add more meat to the bone of the game. And it is it's one of those few games where I had to keep playing this entire weekend. I uh I played like two hours before work on Friday. I got the game at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, at Best Buy. Uh, I was like the only one 
<laughs> but which was very funny for me. I was like waiting outside the Best Buy, like like I like my I like my video game, please, ma'am. Uh, uh, and then I I played for like two hours before work. Went to work, got back, played three more hours that night. Then the next day, I played seven hours, uh, and then I beat it on Sunday. Um, I, I, it's surreal to think the game happened. It's at one point two years ago, I said on a podcast that I was very afraid of this remake, mm. but now I hit, sit here today saying it's like arguably the best remake of all time. I, I, it's, I'm pleasantly shocked. I'm happily shocked that Capcom did this. Like, I, I just, I'm so happy that this game came out. It's, I'm happy to see people on the timeline talking about this game. So, yeah, I mean, I know you, Ryan, uh, you're waiting to play it. I know you played the demo. Yeah, I just played the demo, yeah. Yeah, the chainsaw demo. Um, Started it last night and played it 30 minutes before this. I was going to keep playing Alan Wake before this, too, but uh, opted yep. to play RE4 instead. <laughs> kind of like what we are saying uh, before the recording. It, it feels like Alan Wake is uh, got a talking about it's like playing with woody when you got buzz light you're sitting on the shelf oh <laughs> uh, yeah exactly uh, it's like this very alan wake is this very simple game meanwhile resident evil 4 is like you know the ferrari just like waiting for you to like the dark toy yeah it's the glow in the dark toy when you're like playing with yeah your little puppet character in <laughs> alan wake. um which is not to diminish alan wake by no, any means but uh yeah, RE4 remake. There's so many like little things I've discovered that are just like the greatest thing ever, such as um you can stop the village fight early by shooting the church bell. Was that um, in the original? You could shoot the church bell, but you had to be in the level okay. where the church was. You couldn't shoot it from the village. And because in remake in remake the village, the whole village, is one giant level that you can traverse. Uh, so mm. the church, the church is bell is visible, and if you can shoot it and end the end the village fight early. Okay. I also I also learned about an hour ago from a uh, Logan from the uh, Half Life episode that he said that he uh, he killed all the enemies right before they set the cop on fire. And he says that stops. You don't even have to do the fight if you kill them all before they set the guy on fire. How uh, do you that, do that? Uh, well, he has like the Tommy gun that you unlock for beating the game. <laughs> ah. So, and I think he has the unlimited ammo or something. Okay. Um. So he killed all the enemies before the guy got set on fire or something. He's a cheater, cheater, pumpkin yeah, eater. I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not doubting my friend's ability to game, but he because he is quite the gamer, if I do say so myself. <laughs> but I, there's so many just like little things that are just like make me happy. Like they kept Ashley doing her little fist bump when you get headshots. Um, in the from the original, like that's such a little detail that I love. They enlarged uh, <laughs> her bosom. Yeah, they 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 gave her even bigger ballistics. Um, <laughs> which you know, this that was another fear that I had that they were gonna like make Ashley a girl boss, and they didn't. They just made her cuter. Um, which I love, like just making her, you know, like one of the things you find in the game is she, she has her razor phone is broken, and you find the razor phone on the ground. 
Mm. And it's like, though, that's because the game still takes place in 2004. Yeah, Razor. That's that's that's, funny. That's of the era. And, you know, it's a pink Razor with her. I uh with her uh her sorority in college is on mm. has she has a sticker on it of her, uh, her her sorority which i i adore that little detail her pink razor um and she's like i think e- even if you walk past the razor she's like oh man i just bought that <laughs> i was like oh that's such a little detail that just like yep she's a college student you know they they might have they might have uh they might have uh, taken away you being a pervert and looking up her skirt, but they made her like more adorable as a result. And they didn't nerf her. They, she's still kind of flirty with Leon and Leon is still a one liner cracking machine. Like there, I won't say what, um, because I want people to experience it. There is one, one liner that they cut out, but in replacement, they made Leon Dante and he does a Dante uh, thing. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, <laughs> and then right as the boss fight starts, uh, the boss basically rapid fires, a bunch of classic Resident Evil four quotes at you. And I'm just like, Oh, so you took out one great thing, but you kept the even funnier one <laughs> in its place. It's like okay, like this this remake gets it. Like, hold up, hold the phone. Oh, this ha- this headline says Resident Evil Four remake won't let you throw Ashley in a dumpster anymore. Oh, uh, you can't hide. Yeah, you can't hide her in a dumpster. So she's not your dumpster baby anymore. Um, <laughs> the but- the the picture on this this article is Leon pointing the his gun at the camera or at you, just uh, <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah you can't put you can't make her hide in a dumpster but because she like follows you now so you okay. can't you can only tell her to stay back or stick to you um which <laughs> they actually made they actually while she doesn't have a health bar that you have to manage um they still actually made it a little bit more challenging to protect her which i loved um and it's not in like a cheap way it's just like oh you have to be kind of aware where she is now and enemies don't drop her after one bullet so like <laughs> you actually have to like be a protect you know, a protector and yeah i love that aspect of it they expand on luis which was great he just basically becomes your bro during the game um they somehow made krauser into a Metal Gear Solid boss, which is like even more amazing. Yeah, there's so much that remake does amazingly that like I'm shocked that it turned out the way it did, and I'm just overjoyed. I'm oh, I'm overjoyed that I beat it and it's out. And the Mercenaries DLC is coming out literally this week, or Damn. I think uh, what's today. Let me see what day does it come out. Today's okay, come it comes. It, come, right, it comes out this uh, next Friday. Okay, so it's yeah, I, don't, free- I don't even remember Louis. I need to play. Well, I need to play the the remake fully, but I haven't played the fourth or the original nope. in so long. Luis, your charming Spanish sidekick. I totally forgot about him. <laughs> He's the one who says the ballistics line. <laughs> uh, 
and while he doesn't say that anymore, he's like, oh, who is the si- I see you found your senorita. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, you're still the same Luis deep down. That's great. Um, yeah, and she's like, the senorita has her name, and she it's Ashley. Uh, and who are you? It's like, oh my god. Like, they they take one thing away, but they still make it just, just as fun. I'm just so, I'm just, I'm overjoyed that this is out, and I'm I hope everyone who is playing it, because I know a lot of you are playing it. I've seen your posts, everyone. Um, I hope everyone enjoys it as much as I do. And I can't wait to properly talk about it next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, I guess, do you have any rapid fire questions for me about the remake? Oh, or God. Um, before we go into the meat of discuss tonight? I don't know. Do you still, uh, don't you have to like, sh- isn't there a part where... Ashley's uh yeah there's like yeah there's an Ash a playable Ashley segment and okay. they made and they expanded on it. Um it's still only That's all one... I care about is Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there's a in the original there is a part where you play as Ashley and it plays kind of like a survival horror a classic Resident Evil game where she has no weapons and you just have to run away from these knights in armor. Uh, oh, who's um the little like fruity midget guy? Oh, Sa- uh, Ramon. Ramon. Sal- uh, yeah, Ramon Salazar. Is his boss fight the, the uh, giant? It's all my questions is is it still in the game? <laughs> yeah, his his boss. He's still a boss. Um, his boss is a little different, but I would say it's much better than the original because like his boss in the original was like my least favorite one, to be honest. Uh, in the remake, they actually make his boss pretty challenging and great because Ramon, all the dialogue Ramon has is just like hilarious as he like fully has like let go trying to be a tough guy. And he's just like, oh, you're just my little dancer in my in my play yeah. dance. Po- That's dance, right. Yeah. Dance yeah. boy dance. I'm just like, oh, great. This is perfect. Yes, he's one of the more memorable parts, and then um, like the lake boss with the fish. Yep, that's still there, and yeah, that was groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, that 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 one's still there, and people are still falling for the shoot the lake trick. Okay, uh, which is great that that's still a thing. Like people who've never played the original still fall for. Oh, hey, shoot the lake. There's a secret when you shoot it a bunch. It's like. One almost twenty years later, and people still fall for it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, th- there's only, I think they only, <clears throat> there's only one boss, if I remember correctly, that was cut from the game. Um, I'm trying to remember which one though. Um, it's arguably, oh yeah, no, I remember the boss fight that they cut. Um. Which arguably was sad, but on the on the other hand, it's not one of the better boss fights, in my opinion. Okay. Um, they did cut it, but at the same time, though, like everything in that part of the game has been it it happens on the island, and the island was the worst part of the original, and the island in the remake is much better. It's like they really did a good job making that area more interesting. Sick. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm uh, looking up Luis here, and all the fan art is just Leon and Luis <laughs> kissing, and <laughs> of course, why not <laughs> sharing wine together? <laughs> yeah, in your Spanish castle with your bro. No, not home. No homo though. 
the Spanish male as a eroticized subject is <laughs> it's fun that that's like survived the like 2010s. Oh yeah, just uh, uh, people putting more against stereotypes. Like the the Spanish male is is unbeatable. Oh yeah, the the Spanish male who is just the the ladies' man, the Spaniard, and and he, that's still very true in the remake. Luis is still that, and arguably even more so. They give him more chances to be flirty. Um, <laughs> it's it's great i i love it so much um but that i will save the rest of my talking for later about re4 remake I'm just excited for that just play it everyone just play it <laughs> um but i guess to get into the proper discussion which is alan wake but before we get to that i i think the the big thing about alan wake and a lot of th- about remedy and their works is that they have a clear <laughs> in, they're inspired and they love homaging things that they love like obviously we talked about max Payne. it's like you meld the you know crime noir uh movies with john woo action like yeah and when you have like npcs talking about john woo and it's it's very open about its influences and yeah it wears it on its leather jacket sleeve so to say and remedy as you know as an example when they make their games you can tell what they were inspired by and usually they have a lot of inspirations that kind of have been persistent ever since they started as a company all the way to even to to today you know like twin peaks being one of them like twin peaks has been one of their major influences ever since max Payne. (laughs) and i feel like I wanted to talk about homages and inspirations because games are kind of like a fun little medium because obviously like movies can be inspired by books or books can be inspired by like music. Like there's, it's obviously like a give and take with each medium, but I feel like with games, there's kind of like a little bit of creative Liberty because it is the playable medium. I can, I can take a concept like, uh, heart of darkness and like I, I can make a game out of that and that suddenly there's spec ops the line uh, you know this this game set in a destroyed dubai and you're playing as american soldiers slowly going insane uh and learning the sort of consequences of their actions sort of thing or you can look at like Metal Gear is obviously inspired by a lot of 80s movies and hell, every Metal Gear has its own sort of different influences. Like we were saying before we started recording, MGS3 is inspired by Mission Impossible and James Bond. And it's like dripping in the influences mm-hmm. to the point where they're just like directly saying like, hey, isn't this movie great? Snake, mm-hmm. have, have you ever seen this movie? And the Snake's like, I've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> Um. Yeah, there's so many games. I love when games are inspired, or they want to pay respects or reference things of the past. I mean, like I said just a minute ago, Twin Peaks has been a major. You know, Twin Peaks has been a major influence on a bunch of games, not Mm -hmm. just like Alan Wake or Max Payne. Uh, There's been games like Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Uh, was inspired by Twin Peaks to an extent, which you're just like, well, that's a strange thing to be influenced by for a Zelda game. But yeah, Silent this, Hill, yeah, Silent Hill, or uh, this one game called Deadly Premonition, 
which is mm. like which is literally a Twin Peaks like ripoff, uh, where there's a character, uh, like there's a you play as like a guy, uh, I forget his. I'm trying to remember the detective's name. Francis York Morgan is a government agent, and like okay. there's a guy, there's a police chief in the game who looks almost very identical to uh sheriff truman uh where they just rename him to sheriff woodman <laughs> uh they have like the uh two two dwar- they used to have two dwarves in suits talking to you akin to like you know the dwarf in the red room in twin peaks mm. and so they changed it to two uh twins uh two twin boys i believe um but yeah, I mean, Deadly Premonition has the same setup as Twin Peaks. You try to uncover the truth of a murdered young woman in like a picturesque Pacific Northwest town. Like, and Deadly Premonition has become like a beloved cult classic. A result, obviously, you know, Silent Hill has been inspired. There's a there's a uh, an obscure Japanese only game on the PS1 called Mizerna Falls, um, which is uh it's a game kind of it's takes place in a fictional Colorado town called Missouri falls, uh, where you, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was very, uh, it's not the best of games, but it actually, uh, pioneered like an open world, uh, uh, game. It was like one of the first games to be open world, which is kind of crazy. I think even had a day or night cycle. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, you, or trying to solve the mystery of this town, like talking to NPCs and all that. But I'm just saying like Twin Peaks is like an example of like that games are inspired by, like obviously there's so many games are inspired by so many different things, books, movies, or music or what have you. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think about the, the homaging aspect of games ryan yeah uh i I feel like much of gaming for like people like sam lake the creative director of remedy and like hideo kojima is like gaming for them was almost like playable fan fiction of all the movies and media that they enjoyed where Uh, yeah and they and the 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 books or the movies that they never got to write yeah because movies and books and stuff you're it's kind of what we're saying the last however many episodes about the distance between protagonist and player or viewer or whatever that comes with uh, Mm -hmm. movies and other media, but gaming kind of bridges that distance where you play as the protagonist and they're arguably all of gaming is like for these guys of that era, it is like fan fiction where these people are fans of um, for Hideo Kojima. It's like whatever Kurt Russell films or james mm-hmm. bond or this and that and he's like well wouldn't it be sick if i can like play as them and yeah you know, create create my own like world where i can play as yeah kurt russell in uh escape from new york yeah and like max Payne as this sort of uh uh 2000s trashy humphrey bogart you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah so that the i don't know if that's even gaming has kind of become an, its own thing now in the past 10 years, but definitely up until up through when Alan Wake came out, much of gaming was 
um, paying homage to 20th century art mm-hmm. and, and cinema. Um, yeah. Yeah. You definitely see that. I mean, we were, you know, because of the, as of today, March 29th, like, even though it's not like an homage, so to say, like Parasite Eve is like based off of a book series, mm. you know, um, trying to think of other stuff that, I mean, like Resident Evil, you know, to go off earlier, Resident Evil's just Japan's attempt to make a playable, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, more or less. Yeah. Um, trying to think of other things. I mean, like Ace Combat feels like Japan's way mm-hmm. to sort of homage Top Gun to like a little bit, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then obviously there's stuff where it's like, it's quite literally like an adaptation of a property. I mean, like the Witcher games are literally adaptations of the Witcher books. You have um, the Stalker series, which is an adaptation of the book that, you know, the book that is the basis of Stalker, the movie, you know, all this sort of stuff. But you even see it, you know, you see these like, (laughs) it doesn't even have to be like a direct inspiration or anything. You can just see like creative liberties being taken in all sorts of forms. Like I think of like the game Dante's Inferno. Sure. It's, oh yeah, it's loosely based off the divine comedy, but it's like, what if we made the divine comedy, a devil may cry inspired game, (laughs) right? Yeah. It's like, (laughs) you know, like you were saying about, game creators kind of having their playable fan fictions i think that's kind of like the fun of a game is like well what if i let you play what if i got to play the thing i've always wanted to make like uncharted is a it play you know what if i was indiana jones yeah like, what if i could play as indiana jones um same thing with like tomb raider but it's like what if i played as a bodacious babe instead <laughs> right um yeah, there's the role play side of it. And I mean, like Harold Bloom, the mentor of Camille Paglia, he has his book, The Anxiety of Influence that mm-hmm. I haven't read, but it's something basically it refers to authors or artists having to overcome the anxiety of like being influenced by the their predecessors. Um, and that's a concept that that always it kind of seemed antiquated to me because I don't think that anxiety of influence really exists anymore. Uh, I think more and more people, especially in gaming, are if anything more proud to, um, like you said, wear their influence on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, that's something I think about. Like even with anything I create, like I, I don't have, I'm not afraid of like showing what inspired me, and if anything, like I feel indebted and want to yeah show it off or you know pay off that debt through homage or however yeah um gaming i mean i don't know like even uh not just gaming but just the time we're in now like with like hip-hop being the predominant music force for like the past 30 years at this point like hip-hop is a music genre that samples other songs you know as it's mm-hmm. as its base it's a very yeah. derivative art form mm-hmm. um so as far as like 
the question of like originality or being your own original thing that you just created in your head <laughs> without mm-hmm. uh, any influence mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. And I don't think that's something, especially in the world of gaming is like, uh, yeah. It, um, it, it's funny you mentioned that too, because I immediately thought of like the last of us, you know, again, because, you know, the last of us is currently, when is the last of us never in the discourse? I guess you could say, I think that yeah, the, brought up the, in every episode. I've... Yeah, I mean, that's another recurring thread of this trilogy. But like the last <laughs> of us, the last of us is clearly inspired by like Cormac McCarthy's The Road, and a well, lot in of some time. ways it even like just outright rips off like yeah the, the movie The Road, like uh the title card, you know, mm-hmm. it has the same exact like black background, white text. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I mentioned it too because you mentioned like you know when people you know decry like you know and i'm not here i'm not here to necessarily if rap is good or bad like you know your taste is your own taste whatever (laughs) but like you know you you hear a lot of people who say like rap is like you know it's lesser of a media because it's aping off something and is it truly original sort of thing and i i always think of like the last of us because the people like to do especially back in the day when people were like hating on it. Cause I remember when people were hating on the original, it wasn't a large group, but there was a group of people, the original like, last of us. Yeah. There was haters. Then they're just like, uh, it's just Cormac to McCarthy. It's not, original. <laughs> it's not original. It's not, you know, you know, the whole not original take. It's like, well, what, what is original nowadays? Every story, every idea yeah. has more or less been covered in some capacity in media it doesn't have to be games it could be music or books movies tv like everything has been more or less covered those have to be like old nerds too that's such an old oh like, it has like, yeah, antiquated I've... sensibility that i don't know anyone who like gives a shit about that anymore oh yeah well um, for who, what what gamer what what gamer was reading the road i mean like <laughs> you know what well uh... none of these people are fucking read yeah yeah, well, for one, no one reads. I can say that as a gamer. I don't yeah. read. I only read like one book a year. Uh, <laughs> currently reading Scruples, by the way. Um, wonderful nice. book. Wonderful Sweet. book. I yeah. love it. But, but the point being is like these like Reddit n- n- nerds were just be like, well, I, you know, as someone who read The Road, uh, The Last of Us has no originality. And that's yeah. just, you know, it's just aping off. That's like, well, that's okay i'm i'm glad for you buddy do you want a good a gold star like (laughs) let me you know it's not about originality it's about you know it being you know wearing your wearing your influences on your sleeve and trying to create something that can be captivating and you know games being kind of more or less the last modern big media medium Mm -hmm. you know because it more or less became a medium per se in the late seventies when the Atari 2600 came to be, you know, games are much farther behind, you know, music or TV or film, you know, books, especially. So it's more games are kind of always they're They're, you know, would it be wrong to say like games as a whole are kind of postmodern because they're kind of just taking every influence that, exist in meat in culture as it is yeah and trying to create something new out of it i don't know if i'm pulling something in my ass by saying that but that sounds about right i mean like games <laughs> games were already at a disadvantage to yeah. begin with because they're they were 
heck even tv as a medium really didn't take off to like what the 50s really games are still like 20 years behind that like you know tv had you know evolved and grew as a platform even if it was more like lowbrow if you you know what it is as it became as it got older but you know games are still 20 years behind tv at the earliest um and so one of like the core one of the core things of uh postmodernism is um how much of your reality is determined by media and the whole like simulacra of media mm-hmm. um you know throughout like 60s and 70s and that being like a question posed by literary fiction um gaming though again it it's a bridge it bridges you're involved in the media itself in a way that um it does feel like a you're you're really engaging with that postmodern question and that i mean that's why metal gear solid 2 is my favorite it to me it's yeah. like it is the game of all games because it's it it gamifies <laughs> the postmodernism of gaming itself um yeah i mean yeah or it narrativizes it in a way yeah and same with like last of us too that's probably a reason why we keep bringing that up because it's such a it it really stabs at something to the core of gaming um, yeah in terms of like your your interaction with it and what is the nature of the interaction what does that mean and how does that shape yeah it can drive meaning it confronts the whole concept of a game which is well i'm playing a game therefore i should be having fun right sort of thing yeah and also because the last was too much you know just like the franchise itself will never be never it will it's going to be a perma discourse franchise which is fascinating to me mm-hmm. like the last of us i don't think will ever be absent of some level of discourse you know the tv show proved it that people will still get mad about it <laughs> you know um yeah which means it's hidden at something I, oh yeah it's, it's funny with um remedy and like its approach to this it seems they're much more casual and sort of just uh flirting with these ideas in a fun way it, it kind of reminds me of how jack talks about like richard linklater's films and how linklater is this sort of uh just this cool kind of athletic jock who got interested in film in mm-hmm. just below surface level but not enough to get over intellectualize it um sam lake seems akin to that where he's Mm-hmm. he's kind of uh still within like that the surface of like postmodernism and playing with it but he's keeping it within the realm of play and not like agonizing over the human condition in this in the mm-hmm. torturous way that that last of us two does or that even kojima mm-hmm. occasionally like does you know yeah and yeah i think people view neil Druckmann as a very similar hate figure even though he's a very good looking man (laughs) who is doing things they couldn't do as much as like any twitter user will or twitter or even youtube personality online will claim like well i could have made a better story a last of us story it's like (laughs) no you couldn't like you couldn't and Neil Druckmann, this like handsome looking Jewish guy, <laughs> like 
you know, I think they just view him as like some sort of like wishing they could be him sort of thing. Like I I remember reading about Neil Druckmann. It's like, yeah, he wanted to be a, he studied criminology. So he wanted to be an, so he could be an FBI agent, which would help him write stories better. I was like, oh, okay. But that definitely kind of explains things. He seems like a on the boots guy, but the point, you know, not to get too sidetracked about Neil Druckmann and his real quick about Neil Druckmann and his beautiful face. There's not like one picture of him soy facing anywhere, which I think is a good sign. That yeah, I don't uh, remember. I don't think there's a soy face image of him. He's always been very like calm I'm, looking. I'm very sensitive to that now after the everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, uh, Oscar wins, and you, and you fucking look up the directors, and it's just like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, like Neil Druckmann just looks like a handsome guy, like. I just I like the image in my head is always him when he grew his hair out and he has like his like Jew curls uh, (laughs) flowing long and he's just like a normal looking guy who got into like gaming as a young young kid. Yeah. Um, uh, People hating on the on, on our Jewish media people. It's a a disgrace. I say I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I think he's actually yeah I think he's I think he's actually from like he I think he either his parents did or something like from actual Israel. Like apparently oh, really? I remember I remember him I think he actually didn't know how to speak English and it was because of like was books. He, he served in the Israeli army. I don't think he did. I don't he think is, he ever did that. He's personally killed Palestinians and <laughs> This is where he got the inspiration for acting. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's the games are so violent. Yeah, he's like I had firsthand experience. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I think the point being is like to go off the Metal Gear point because you know Metal Gear Solid Two is like a crown jewel in terms of like games as like sort of their potentials. Like Metal Gear on the surface level is inspired by like you know spy movie you know you could say like spy movies or 80s movie like escape from new york like literally snake or kojima literally just made solid name solid snake after kurt russell's character which was snake (laughs) bliskin who is the fake name that solid snake takes in metal gear solid 2 um snake literally it was designed off kurt russell like you can view it on the surface level of that but like you know, Metal Gear Solid 2 then kind of breaks down into this like impenetrable meta commentary on itself as a game and games as a medium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess in the whole homage thing, I think it gets to the core that games will always be referencing or homaging something because it's always trying to pull something from media so that it can stand on its own two feet. And it works, obviously, like in the case of Remedy, like their their homages and inspirations really, really ring through and you can feel their influences. And but then like at the same hand, you had like people who when they see something they don't like, it's like the like gaming itself, just like, oh, you're just aping off this. You're you're stealing from this, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like it's like this weird fine line, the games ride where it's just like, yeah. When it works, it's beautiful. But when it like when it doesn't work, people get very upset by it. Well, I mean, what would be like the antithesis of like a pure game without like Tetris 
or yeah, te- Tetris, I guess. Like, I guess Mario. I mean, Mario. I guess Nintendo. But even then, you could probably find some influence. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Nintendo what, is Donkey a good... Kong is like King Kong. Yeah, Donkey Kong's King Kong. Metroid is Alien, basically. Um, well, and the the thing about that too, I mean, like Tetris is revered as like an OG game, but like the legacy of that style of gaming goes up to like Candy Crush, where it yeah. feels almost like a sincere, sinister waste of time. Yeah, uh, you're <laughs> like, like dealing with the devil and just yeah. the true time waster. Yeah. Um, it's so simple on the premise but then like once you like re when you rip it for to its core it's just like oh this is really boring or, <laughs> like um i i had weirdly this last week i had like very locked away memories of playing bejeweled three for the first time oh damn and just and like playing it on my dad's like windows xp computer in his office yeah that's one and, of those games that's just like by default on computers oh yeah it, it was and then it was on every mom's phone um dude yeah those games are they're sinister because it's like uh when candy crush came out i remember like every mom it. had it everyone in and me <laughs> <laughs> and i, I would remember fucking... i remember i remember a spelling with friends or scrabble with friends yeah yeah uh, at least that like there's something social yeah, with there. that, but that's like Candy Crush. It's like I'm in the bubble. I'm in the pod. I would yeah. when I wasn't playing. I'd like sit on the couch and just like imagine in my head the perfect scenarios to like crush as many candies as once with like one move. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm a I'm an addict. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, uh... and not in like any like cool like gambler way. Like, there's no chance at winning big at anything. I just get a high score. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. I'm like thinking now of like these sort of nebulous evil games that are like cutesy on the surface. I was thinking like when Jack ever mentions Twitter as a game, Twitter feels like a postmodern game where it's like turning real life into an RPG, that sort of thing. It's like, well, then Twitter's homage would be real life. <laughs> but I guess would it be Final Fantasy? Yeah, that's funny too, because people who like win that game everyone not everyone but like people hate them like donald trump gets the game yeah he gets the game of twitter kanye you know he's he's got his own issues but he gets the game yeah. elon musk owns the game now yeah uh, you know yeah I, these jack, are taboo jack, subjects yeah, like jack wins the game zach jack wins gets the game. the game zach gets the game yes know? uh yeah like well it's weird how it's weird how like the foundation of gaming itself at least now that i think about it deeper in this giga brain style it's like <laughs> gaming really does feel like a birth i mean gaming did kind of technically birth because like postmodernism started in what like the 60s and ended in like what the 80s slash 90s i think uh, i can't that, remember that whole thing i when i was in like my post-grad book club that was like uh i mean arguably it it's like there's a blurry line between like modernism like within liter literature there's like james joyce mm-hmm. in like the 40s was like kind of finnegan's wake maybe being like 
the first great work of postmodernism, maybe. Um, I don't know that 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 that's a whole thing. But. I feel I feel like gaming, though. I guess what I'm trying to get at, trying my damnedest. Um, <laughs> I think because gaming was more or less became mainstream of that era when it was starting to, I guess, gain traction as a literary movement or whatever, as an art movement, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. I guess games being born in that soup, like just kind of allowed <laughs> it to sort of take its own weird identity. I mean, you could look, I'm like, you know, Call of Duty, it's just, you know, it's like a, you know, Band of Brothers, uh, Saving Private Ryan, every sort of World War II movie was, you know, it's it's a playable World War II movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, trying to think, I'm looking at my game shelf to like, <laughs> pull like good, I mean, talked about a few weeks ago, Killer7. And that's like a David, hugely inspired by David Lynch as its own thing. It becomes its own unique thing, but it's David Lynch isms are clear as day to anyone who has like ever seen it. Yeah. Even down to the fact that it borrows like the, uh, like the blue static from Twin Peaks as like a loading screen. Like, you know, you see those sort of visual iconography passed down even to like a small level uh Japanese game. Um yeah, dude Lynchian is like the new Kafka esque. Like I guess so, yeah, it's I, very true. Lynch is uh he I think we it's, are in this like Lynchian age. It, it's weird how games are game gaming is very tied to him. Like even though he himself obviously probably would never understand what a game console is. As I've always said, he probably <laughs> When he was filming the third place commercials for PlayStation, he's like, "What's a PlayStation? <laughs> yeah. You put you play a video? What?" Uh, a side note on that that's kind of cute was um, Alan Wake being like indebted to Stephen King. Uh, they gifted Alan Wake to Stephen King after it released, <laughs> and his and his response was that he couldn't play it because he didn't own an Xbox. <laughs> and it's like you're Stephen King. Like there's an easy workaround. You, you know? have the money, bro. <laughs> yeah. This was 2010 or whatever. Yeah. X- Xbox 360s were like 200 bucks <laughs> yeah, at least. Just, I don't have an X game. <laughs> I, I, I don't. What's an X play? Yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, I'm trying to think. Like uh, I always look to my game shelf as a sort of like help me game shelf. Give me. <laughs> But no, well, I mean, we we began this like talking about like Twin Peaks and its influence. Uh, and we kind of circled gaming. back. But I I do think, like I I consider Lynch probably the greatest filmmaker, um, or like he he's he's the fulfillment of like cinema. Like he he really hit the core of what cinema is, in a way that transcended the form, and then. Yeah in a way that he was able to by transcending the forum, he's able to like pass on the torch, to the next medium, which was gaming. And yeah. those who got it, got it. And I think remedy and, and a lot of the, ja- the Japanese got it before the West did. Um, oh yeah. Clearly. I mean, yeah. Japan idolizes that man's work. I mean, yeah, you see it in so many different things, um, which is, you know, it's, yeah, it's fascinating how he himself became such like a very like on the surface. 
you wouldn't see it. But if you know, you obviously see it. Like it's like a yeah, it's like once you know, you know sort of moment. And you mm-hmm. see it all across Japan, Japanese games, like whether it be from the littlest little reference to like something he's made or just to the straight structure or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's <laughs> the impact of a man to have on that medium that he has like probably no idea what it is or <laughs> like a game what a game boy <laughs> yeah. what is what is a cartridge you know what 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 does the mario do well like even him explaining like the medium that he's a master at is like movies are dreams like they are dreams you know and <laughs> well maybe maybe that's why games work so well with him because games are like dreams made real where yeah. you know, you're creating you're literally creating something out of nothing you're creating something out of code strings you know mm-hmm. unlike a movie or any other of the medium where there is a sense of tangible reality to it attached to it mm-hmm. and gaming is so birthed from a, you know the 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 electricity and the wires of your computer or your you know your computer making something or your console making something maybe that's why he's always kind of like made sense for this industry as like a looming inspiration to so many people you know remedy included yeah uh i guess i guess to wrap this part of the discussion of us i think gaming should embrace where you know a game should embrace its inspirations and not be afraid to like say it's original or anything just hey if you're like alan wake say you're a stephen king twin playable (laughs) playable sting stephen king novel like that already sells me to begin with or yeah i think games just need to embrace whatever inspirations come from it like heck you can be like doom and be inspired by like you know the metal albums of the 80s or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah your influences can create something magical and i think that will segue us segue us into the game of tonight which is alan wake
but uh, I guess to talk about nature, <laughs> Alan Wake uh, yeah. was the uh, after they had sold Max Payne away to Rockstar, Remedy decided to start a new franchise, uh, Alan Wake. This was their uh, first partnership with Microsoft. Uh, Alan Wake uh, came out May 18th, 2010. Uh, oh, this is technically Xbox territory now, yeah, right? Yeah, this, this, this is an Xbox. This was originally an Xbox 360 exclusive. Yeah. Um, uh, this game had a very noted development hell, so to say. Uh, started development in 2005, and it took five years to make. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be the antithesis to Max Payne, where instead of your uh, a cool John Woo cop. Uh, instead, you are a uh, an author, and instead <laughs> of a linear game, it was going to be an open world game. And yeah. then they realized that that was not going to work; that they couldn't have their trademark stories with an open world game. So they decided to bite the bullet and make a linear game and sort of double down on what they knew best, which was to make an action thriller, uh, sort of Stephen King, Twin Peaks, David Lynch inspired entity uh i remember when this game came out uh i was one of the few <laughs> few people who bought it uh because this game <laughs> came out uh, i think this game originally only had 150,000 copies sold no launch and i was one of those people uh i dragged my oldest sister to game take me to gamestop uh saying like oh yeah it's a game that's inspired by stephen king isn't that cool and she said yeah sure okay um you kill people with your flashlight. <laughs> you kill the darkness. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then, um, but yeah, this game was a, uh, took a while to get its mainstream. Cause you know, what game came out the, uh, I think the literal same day. What? Red dead redemption. Oh dude. So it was doom. A, tr- a true open world. Yeah. True open world game in, in the nature. And then also a uh, super Mario galaxy two came out like a few days later. So Alan Wake was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, but eventually Alan Wake is a loser. Yeah. Alan Wake's a dork uh, <laughs> compared to Mario and John Marston. Get out of here. Get out of here. Writer. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Eventually, this game got a cult following. It got like two DLC spinoffs and then a standalone DLC in Alan Wake's American Nightmare. And most recently, got a sequel finally announced over basically te- over 10 years later. That's uh, so sick. I know, which makes me so happy. I was soy facing when it got announced. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Alan Wake. Uh, I think it's a very underappreciated game and it does something different. It's not, it's both similar to what Alan or remedy had done with Max Payne, but it's almost its own unique little beast. So I want to know, Ryan, what do you think about Alan Wake? Oh, dude, I loved it. I just, um, I just played it for the first time as part of like my Max Payne spree. I've been on Mm -hmm. realizing that who, or, you know, who remedy games even is, um after getting back into Max Payne and then learning that Alan Wake and Quantum Break and Control were all mm-hmm. part of the the Remedy games um I I downloaded Alan Wake and played it and loved it mm-hmm. um cuz I yeah I, I remember when it came out I remember being like intrigued and thinking like in my head like oh it's cool that 
people are doing something different, you know, yeah. like I had at the time, no interest because it, it just, it looked like a shit game <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have an Xbox or anything, you know, but, uh, it's, um, this one's more recent for me and I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious how, if I would have enjoyed it back then, um, Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have or it, it'd be a good game. I mean, what, 2010? Were people still even renting games then? Uh, maybe in a small amount, maybe through Gamefly. Yeah, this I mean, I could see this being like a hit if 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 it came out like 10 years earlier as a sort of like rental. Oh, yeah. Uh, if Blockbuster was still around, this game probably yeah. would have been a bigger hit. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, this isn't a game that sells itself well. Um, no, because it's like, oh, yeah, you play as a writer and you point a flashlight. It's like, <laughs> what a great, what a great uh, elevator pitch. Um, it, uh, it, it, and, well, the, the, in the main guy, like Alan Wake himself is such like a, a loaf of bread. Just <laughs> there's really looking at him, nothing too interesting about him. In the oh, way yeah. of like, you look at Max Payne and you see the name Max Payne, and you got that stark black and white and red, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I'm I'm entering a crime scene here. Whereas this is some entering a book. Yeah. What is what do gamers <laughs> yeah. like a book? It's like and you got a flashlight mechanic, which, which is something guns. that kind of was intriguing. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a. It and it probably will be a, just a remain as a cult classic i, right. I guess pending the success of alan wake too i i suspect that their original vision of this being an open world game um, mm-hmm. they will realize with alan wake 2 mm-hmm. and then alan wake will retroactively be praised yeah um i, I definitely think it's it's the, it, it, it it's slow burned its way to its following where it got like over a million copy sold it i remember at the time because i i played it and i loved it to bits back in 2010 uh it was actually my birthday gift that year i think i asked this for no my way birthday. yeah because my birthday was <laughs> my birthday's may 22nd and this game came out four days before my birthday mm. uh, I, I, it was my 15th birthday birthday <laughs> which is really funny i I loved asking the grandmas i'd always ask for games for my birthday yeah but yeah i remember i played it and of course me being the precocious little uh gamer at the time while everyone was still playing (laughs) modern warfare 2 um i was the only one playing alan wake and i knew i could not sell my friends on this game because it's like oh yeah you play because one, they probably would have not known who Stephen King was, and if and if they did, they probably only know him from it. And my f- friends right. would have probably like, "Oh yeah, that long ass book we had to read for English class mm-hmm. that they didn't like." Like I, I feel like if I had told my friends, "Oh yeah, it's like it's like a kind of a horror game inspired by you know Stephen King novels and Twin Peaks," like they'd be like, "What are you talking about? This sounds like the worst thing ever." Yeah, um, but. I think Alan Wake is a game that you have to experience to truly understand. I mean, it falls in line with Max Payne. It's a linear third-person shooter, and there really isn't much else to the gameplay other than that. I mean, 
much like Max Payne, there is there's only like one mechanic that adds sort of a unique gimmick to it all, which is the flashlight mechanic, because mm-hmm. uh, which really no other game has done as far as I am aware of. There's been other games that kind of play around with the concept of light and their and enemies shrouded in darkness, or you need to like use light or some sort of object to illuminate them. I think of like Fatal Frame. Where yeah. in, in, in order to see the enemies, you had to take use a camera to show them. It, it's kind of artsy fartsy in that way, where like Mario Sunshine um, was praised for having the unique mechanic of like spraying water to like get rid of muck, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, and Alan Wake is similar to that, where you shine your light to get rid of darkness. Um, yeah, then you can blast but, them away with a revolver. But it doesn't have the uh, the advantage of having a any recognizable Nintendo character to like carry it or sell it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's, it's just some guy on, the, on the cover. And it doesn't really lend itself to any sort of like pre-existing male fantasy the way that like Max Payne does where it's like you get to mow down people to avenge your fallen family. Whereas <laughs> Alan Wake is like, <laughs> I lost, I lost my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like who's afraid of the dark and, <laughs> It's like um, I'm looking at the back of the cover of the remaster that came out two years ago. Like it's like in this award, the horror story come is coming true. It's like in this award-winning cinematic action thriller, troubled author Alan Wake embarks on a desperate search for his missing wife Alice as he discovers <laughs> pages of a horror story he has supposedly written. Wake's grip on reality is threatened as he confronts yeah. the darkness closing in. And it's like. That's honestly the probably the best way to describe it. And yeah, it's kind of just sort of this unique little trip of a game. It's not it doesn't present anything unique or groundbreaking exactly in terms of gameplay or story, but what I think sells it again is the remedy flourishes, you know, down to Sam Lake's writing to I mean, the game is still gorgeous to look at. Like the when the the Taken, which is the name of the enemies, mm-hmm. uh, when they start rolling in, and you just hear the wind howling and the trees start flapping around violently, and you just hear that sort of ominous, like kind of humming sound starting to kick in. Like in terms of just and like you know the flashlight being so dynamic and illumin- illuminating these gorgeous you know Pacific Northwest locations yeah it's i think all these like it's all it's a case of the little things add up you know whether you know alan wake's narration it's like campy to some extent it's pulpy you know it feels very much like a stephen king novel and you can tell sam like loved those type of novels and he does a really good job sort of capturing that energy in this sort of these long-winded monologues that Alan has about being a writer and losing control of his story and, you know, being succumbed to a horror story and all that sort of stuff. Um, And then, you know, you add on top of it, the simple but very rewarding gameplay. I will say, shedding the light down, you know, having that sort of, like, weird, like, creepy voice kind of get higher pitched as you, like, pierce away more of the shadows... And yeah. just that, and that, like you know, that kind of little explosion as that all goes away, and just that that satisfying sound of the revolver, you know, clicking, uh, and 
making this like weird firecracker explosion when the enemy is finally defeated uh, or down to the flare gun, like having the Max Payne slow-mo as it's fired. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's very texturally satisfying in that way. Again, in the way that like uh, Mario Sunshine, which which wasn't even really, I didn't inspiration, but like uh, that one is satisfying the way that like you're, you know, you're cleaning your room and there's like, mud <laughs> and then you, you get all the mud out. And then you got this clean room. Like <laughs> Alan Wake is similar where you're, you're shedding light on the darkness in this very simple rudimentary way. And it's a simple rudimentary way, but much in the way how Max Payne create, lets you create like a cinematic moment in gameplay. Alan Wake still does that too. It's, it's much more subtle and simple in its execution, whether it be executing a perfect dodge initiates like a slow-mo dramatic slow-mo camera angle, or like I said, you know, the, the flare guns uh, creating that sort of panoramic uh, 360 uh, slow-mo as it's about to vaporize the shadow enemies or even just down to how light reacts with the world, like the flare, the flares themselves, just like just completely illuminating like uh, a location in that red light. Like it, it's, it's, it's subtle in its way that it grasps you. Cause mm-hmm. it's really all the sort of, you know, it's just kind of following down the path and just occasionally getting into fights finding the lost manuscripts of the story that you're supposedly have written, but you don't remember writing. And, you know, it's just that kind of absorbing everything that is around you. It's very like, it kind of has like a liminal quality to it. It's, it's not like trying to engage you in combat. It's more kind of engage you in the sort of ambient experience of playing a game. And, you the player are kind of you the player and also in a, a sort of way alan are like a like a blank slate even though alan's a defined character it's like you along with alan experience sort of the world getting more and more violent towards you you know whether it be you know possessing objects and hurling them at you or down to uh like big these big swarm tornadoes engulfing the land or even down to the end of the game where like the words from his story become real life objects <laughs> and, right, sum- yeah. and summon objects into the world themselves like it, it it slowly lulls you into sort of this like unique little world that it crafts yeah it it really i mean for one the setup isn't really like anything else there's no real game about a writer like and the writer's story becoming uncontrollable in a way it kind of feels like sam like kind of commenting on like his stories and max Payne kind of becoming the sort of uncontrollable thing that like he in a way had to like let go when they sold it to rockstar it's like yeah definitely <laughs> well they couldn't i don't think they even like they can't mention max Payne in the game because Rockstar own the rights to oh, Max yeah. Payne. Even though they clearly are referencing Max yeah. Payne. Like Alan is is known for a series of books that are basically Max Payne. And all the covers look like it's like guns with uh, spatters of blood, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, it's 
legally <laughs> legally different Max Payne. But the, the almost the su- the suggestion is that like Alan Wake is like the author of Max Payne. Yeah, and it... he gained success off of writing these books and is recognized, you know, as he's this successful author who's almost trying to get away from his own fame. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean that's kind of the whole premise that he's going to Bright Falls. Yeah, um, great name of a location. Yeah, which is the the substitute for Twin Peaks. Bright yeah. Falls. Bright Falls and Twin Peaks with the He's kind of just trying to get go there to get away, but then he goes there and he sees uh signs and pictures of himself and the the, the humble townsfolk recognize him immediately and like, oh my god, Alan Wake. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, it's like, he's, he's like Jesus Christ stumbles, dude. stumbles into the you know the oh dear diner. The oh dear diner, yeah. <laughs> Which is another great name. Dude, it's it's like step by step, play by play. Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Like the, the diner's modeled after the diner. Um, yeah, Rose, it's the the standard for uh, Shelly. Yeah, um, Shelly. That's right. Arguably, uh, I think the hottest Twin Peaks lady. But mm-hmm. there's a lot to pick from. Oh yes, there are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you, you, I love the cast of Alan Wake. They're such delights to see, whether it be um you know like rose or Al- alan's sort of sardonic uh uh take on everything down to the you know just how he's like all oh, these damn yokels basically just like <laughs> ruining my vacation it's just yeah like, yeah this big shot writers is like oh i can't deal with the the locals in this town they're just a bunch of simpletons um, the solution but- is to rent out a cabin that you have to you have to access by this like rickety bridge into the middle <laughs> of a lake um, on an but, island shaped like a, a bird's foot. Yeah. Uh, that's in the middle of a, of a, of a dormant volcano. Yeah. There's like an Amityville horror thing going on where <laughs> there's, like, yeah, it's, uh, it, it wears all of its inspirations on its sleeve. Like, it becomes like a, a a fun house of like, oh, what's this referencing? Like, oh, hey, like when Alan wakes up in the like uh, the mental institute type place, it's like, oh, hey, here's the Shining reference. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, I like- think he he outright says that too because one of the yeah. taken uh, they smash a door that he's like hiding behind with an axe and he's like it's, it's, like, it's like, just like jack nicholson in the shining <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh my god it's like it's so campy at times but it's like it it's never because it's like they're in on the joke it's just like no this is just how the universe of alan wake works yeah like everything it, it feels it's not like a direct like a mish it's it's like a it's like a collage of different sort of things that remedy Sam like love. And they're just like, we can make a game. out. We can make a game out of this. Uh, <laughs> we can have, you know, our one of one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh, reference. Yeah. We can have our shining reference. We can have our twin peaks homage. We can have our twilight zone homage. Yeah. Like, What's uh, funny too, is that it, that it was kind of a flop upon release because it, it does feel of its time in terms of like its location in that what 2010 or yeah, this came out that, this is like peak twilight, uh, Pacific Northwest, Washington. Yeah. Um, you know, the rural white pe- people who are still like uh, mm-hmm. close enough to Seattle to, to have a sense of pop culture, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, totally. It's very much uh, of that time. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's the Tumblr is about to discover Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. The cutesy. It's like, oh, oh, you know, cherry, the cherry, you know, everyone says the cherry pie and coffee. Yes, like, yeah. Which, granted, is referenced more or less in Alan Wake. It's like, oh, man, this is the best damn cup of coffee I've ever had. There's even a. There's even an achievement for collecting the one collectible, one of the collectibles in the game, the coffee thermoses. Yeah. It's yeah. like the achievement is called that's a damn good cup of coffee. <laughs> it's like, wow. It's like yeah. Sam Lake. Did you <laughs> Yeah, like it, every every little thing about Alan Wake just has like comes from a place of love. Like I just I can't I, I know some people don't necessarily love the game in comparison to Max Payne or future remedy games like Control. Like it's kind of like the weird oddball in comparison because like control is this like kind of thriller, high octane superpower sort of thing, and Max Payne's this, you know, trashy crime noir uh you know, story tale. And then Alan Wake is just like, here's this bumbling author running around like all of this Pacific Northwest town with his best friend Barry. Yeah. Um, like trying to figure out what happened to his wife. And it's like I get why this game didn't succeed at the time, but like now in hindsight, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time because it it's it, it Weirdly enough, it kind of like because of it, because you know, Remedy loves what they love and they don't particularly um have any shame, and they also are very smart about understanding their influences. It's like Alan Wake kind of predicted the return before the return happened. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like, as you know, the when the game ends and Alan gets trapped basically in the red room, but in Alan Wake it's called I think it's called the lake. Basically, he gets trapped in the like in between world, and then suddenly <laughs> his like evil version uh, gets tra- transported to the real world and is causing commotion, causing uh-huh. havoc. Uh, Doc, uh, Mister Scratch, Mister Scratch, yeah. Um, which I think you know. It's interesting how, and even how the sequel was announced like over a decade later. Like, that's very Twin Peaks The Return being announced 25 years, you know, coming out 25 years later after they kind of predicted it. It, It's interesting. I find it interesting how Twin Peaks, or not Twin Peaks, I mean, Alan Wake kind of becomes a celebration of love of media it become and as a result it becomes its own unique little experience um like you know we mentioned how max Payne has like it's the little tv shows that it interlaces through the journey you have um in alan wake you have night springs the uh the twilight zone parody which is the the complete inverse of like bright falls oh yeah where everything's going wrong yeah um feels very um uh, what's the town called in firewalk me deer is deer meadow i think it's the the bad version of twin peaks um quote unquote you know the 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 the, the negative town or whatever deer meadow. Um, but yeah night springs yeah. it's just like oh yeah here's a guy figures out how to like not uh basically avoid death and then it's like some guy accidentally unplugs his uh his immortality machine 
It's like, <laughs> like I love that setup. Um, yeah, like Alan Wake is one of my favorite, like little bite size experiences I've ever played. Like, um, it's again, it's not a long game. You can beat it in like eight hours if you're yeah. like really dedicated. And I love that it's it's broken up into very bite sized <laughs> chunks too, because it's it's broken up into episodes, much like a TV show. Yeah, and, and I love that the when you start a new chapter, you get a recap of what happened. You know, that's that's very return like where every quote unquote episode ends with a song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I I have to remember which songs, but it it seems like they're all kind of personal to Sam Lake, mm-hmm. in the same way that like the songs at the end of uh Twin Peaks, the return were like just <laughs> what David Lynch happened to be into at the time. His iPod came on. He's like, "Oh yes, I love <laughs> my I love my friend band. Trent Reznor." Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is for, but for Sam, like, it's like, "Oh yeah, Poets of the Fall." <laughs> yeah, um, Poets of the Fall coming back again for another great track in War, which yeah. is a a great rock ballad song. Um, but yeah, like I love I love how in the way that it mirrors its influences. I love how Alan Wake suddenly, like it, it slowly reveals its hand as you percolate. Cause it starts off very, very kind of like standard. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're trying to solve a mystery and you're kind of going down these <laughs> linear hallways and experiencing the sort of sort of unnerving thriller of it all. And as each, each chapter, every episode of the game happens you have something new that kind of just like throws a wrench into the sort of experience you know in episode one you kind of are trying to just you know get to get help you know you you get wake up in a car crash your wife is missing it's been a week since she went missing you don't remember what happens in that week and you're more or less just trying Mm -hmm. to like get help and then episode two introduces the kidnapper subplot Again, mm-hmm. feels like another like Twin Peaks like subplot that happens that doesn't lead to anything that Alan wants more. He doesn't, you know, he's trying to find an answer and he doesn't get one with the kidnapper. And then the kidnapper succumbs to the taken. And then suddenly, like, this townsfolk gets succumbed to the taken where Rose uh, gets possessed by like the sort of evil entity of the, um, of the town. And then just, you know, there's like one little layer just keeps getting added on and added on and added on until the very final episode when like the world starts to like rip itself apart, Um, which feel is very surreal to experience because it's been this very standard, you know, by the books experience. And by the end of it, you're just summoning words (laughs) in this like hellscape that's like uh you know this void world and you're all you're just trying to do is get alice out of the out of the dark place yeah that's i think that's like the defining thing for me is like it it feels so seamless and effortless to play alan wake that you maybe aren't sort of like realizing that things are kind of spiraling out of control kind of feels very much like a the max Payne games where it's like it's building. It's just like effortlessly building to the the climax. 
Yeah. And with Alan Wake, it's, you know, with those inspirations, the pulpy storytelling, the monologuing, the Twin Peaks, you know, inspirations, the Twilight Zone, all, all these like separate little parts that on their own would not carry the game. But what they come together at like the chapter, how many chapters in their escape? Is it six? Other six or seven. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's six. Like by the time in episode six, you're like going to the dam to the log lady equivalent of this game, where she's more or less just the lamp lady. You know, she always carries her little lamp with her to keep yeah, the darkness yeah. away. And <clears throat> where it's like suddenly Alan Alan had like manifests his childhood you know safety blanket, the clicker. <laughs> and he uses the clicker yeah more the like, clicker yeah the clicker <laughs> in uh in the day he finds it in the dam uh that's called the the well lit room i didn't i had to play it again to remember even what the clicker is and yeah. when that when that pops up late in the game i'm like what the fuck is the clicker <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the last of us but i, I forget that uh yeah and like episode two at the beginning in a flashback he like kind of pulls it out to comfort his wife alice who's afraid of the dark yeah and yeah. again a very campy uh in a very his, campy way well because his wife alice her being afraid of the dark and the way it, like shows that's so funny yeah it's like um in a snowstorm and the power goes out it's like alan can yeah you, can you check the fuse box it was it's my like favorite she- my favorite line from the game right before she disappears. So like they get to the cabin and he has to find the light switch and like turn the power on for her because she's afraid mm-hmm. of the dark and doesn't want to go in. And um, he, they, they go in the cabin, he finds the typewriter and he realizes that his wife brought him there to write a book and kind yeah. of get over his writer's block. And he gets pissed off because he's kind of like, Oh <laughs> fucking! He storms off and he harumphs out of the out of the cabin. And and the voiceover line when he walks out of the cabin into the dark, he goes, "I knew my wife wouldn't follow me out into the dark." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you fucking, you fucking bitch! Like you asshole! <laughs> yeah, he's like, it, it, dude, it remind me of a on the curb episode when Larry David is like two timing these two girls in wheelchairs <laughs> and inevitably <laughs> inevitably that like <laughs> doesn't turn out well for him and they they try to attack him and so his way of getting away from them is running upstairs so they couldn't <laughs> so they couldn't follow him <laughs> so oh my God. whenever whenever alan wake is losing a fight he just runs into the dark <laughs> it's like he knows these like cowards won't follow him yeah it's, it's- his poor wife. That's, just... another, that's another thing. This game's like actually pretty funny. Like it's, it's like... dude, it's so funny. And his his line delivery, because okay, so in that in the Sam Lake AMA, when someone asked him his influences, they mentioned he mentioned Brett Easton Ellis, and I, I don't know like what of Brett Easton Ellis's work is actually uh-huh. in the game, other than that Sam Lake's line delivery sounds like Pat Bateman from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like he, he's it's very american psycho-esque oh um, my god that's really funny to think about it's like this finnish guy like just being inspired by b of yeah. all people it, but i can see it like i don't know, i 
the game is just really funny. I mean, the funniest part about this game is Barry, Barry Wheeler. <laughs> his, who's, is that his who, agent? <laughs> his agent, who all he cares about is dollar signs. Um, who yeah. feels like he's <laughs> yeah. who feels like a rejected Max Payne character, and he's voiced by the guy who voices Gogniti, who's like the greatest stereotype of an Italian ever. And it's just like you have this like bumbling like <laughs> guy who's in, like in a big puffer coat. Yeah, Barry's Jew coded in that way where he's yeah. like his his Jewish agent who's despite <laughs> all of the mayhem going on, he's still just like, Well, well, Alan, when you know, we gotta get this book out and like <laughs> Yeah, we gotta think about the big story, Alan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta think, Al, we gotta think about, you know. I just I love that he like he hit the car he rents is like basically like a hummer to more or less a hummer <laughs> yeah. like and he's like you know what al you know if people heard what you were saying you know they would put you in the loony band you know you, you gotta hear what you're saying man it's yeah. like uh, it's every bit of barry's like when he's like on the phone cowering about the the crows attacking the cab and he's just like you know what al you were right everything you said was completely true and i'm sorry i doubted you <laughs> yeah i i love i love just these like specifically typecasted people that like remedy is able to pull um because you know a lot of their voice actors are not name name big name talents you know they don't pull in like a, a norman reedus for their game like kojima can mm-hmm. um but I love how each character, as simple and as stereotypical they are, they become endearing as a result. As Alan, as Alan, the multi-dimensional know-it-all, is like mm-hmm. slowly kind of understand, trying to understand the mechanics of all the thing. Very much like the player, we're trying to understand what the hell is going on, and <clears throat> you know, and then you like, especially when uh thomas zane gets introduced into the story the poet who basically went through what alan went through like uh what was it like a hundred years like i forget it was a hundred years ago or like 50 years ago i think i read it was like the 50s or 60s because the essentially whatever the haunted volcano cauldron lake thing has the power to uh, produce into reality what you put into words mm-hmm. um so whatever creative type who's on this little cabin island whatever they create gets brought into reality um yeah because that was another thing when i the first playthrough i'm like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh the the alan whatever the guy before alan wake um because he well, he was married to barbara jagger right yeah, yeah. The, I she, think she's so. essentially like this ghostly figure so there's that woman who is essentially the, the evil in, spirit sort of like spirit. she's like the I'm trying to remember the thing in the twin peak uh judy she's like the yeah judy. she's the judy of the world she's essentially like the face of like the quote-unquote dark presence which is just like this primordial force of dark evil yeah, that comes and, out of creative people. Yeah, and Barbara Jagger was just a person at once, but then whatever happened, they died, and she becomes like the possessed kind of entity, the possessed representative of the dark presence mm-hmm. that, that consumes this town and that requires Alan Wake. Um, 
to be, be sort of the <laughs> I mean, he more or less becomes the Cooper of of Bright Falls, where and same with like the Shining. It's like the the way that the hotel needs the boy because he's the talent um, mm-hmm. that whatever the evil force in the motel needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, Al Allen, you know, he's even though there's not like a Laura Palmer. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Alice is the Laura Palmer of twin peaks where she's kind of this pure-hearted angelic entity that like (laughs) she's afraid of the dark (laughs) yeah afraid yeah she's literally afraid of the dark it's so funny you know it doesn't go through the sort of torturous sort of events that laura suffers but you know it's the same gist where this sort of barbara this evil influence has to remove the one character that has like pretty much no cynicism in her in her soul like mm-hmm. alice herself is very like literally so you know she's mit little miss goody two shoes like she loves you know going to bright Falls. she just wants her husband to you know <laughs> get get creative and have inspiration she loves reading the book by the psychologist and thinking it, how, how can she help her husband it's so funny that she is this like pure person because my second playthrough I I was so annoyed by her. <laughs> like they're they're what they're in like their is it New York? They're like little apartment yeah. flashbacks, and it's just like tiny three room apartment. And the lights go out, and she's just like Alan, Alan, <laughs> <laughs> and then she like uh, what one of the, he gets so he gets pissed off that um she brings the typewriter for him to like write his next book. And he's just trying to get away from his professional life. And she's like, well, I just thought I'd help. And it's, it's in that yeah. specific female way where it's like, listen, bitch, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that like positive you're, doting. You're like head pecking me. Yeah. Uh, um, but then she also, she, um, she emasculates him in a way where she's like, well, there's this, this doctor here who helps with creative types. Yeah. Helps with creatives. Yeah. Which is like the Alan and the two geriatric rock stars. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like, it's, it's so endearing because like, she's just trying to help him out, but he's just like, I don't need help from another man, bitch. Like, (laughs) (laughs) especially for my own wife. Like, (laughs) yeah. It's like, I'm not gay. Yeah. 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 It's Uh, a, that dynamic was really funny. The second, yeah, the humor just like you kind of realize just kind of like the over the topness of everything. It it made me think like Sam Lake was like uh, getting over his like own marital grievances. Yeah, this or like, (laughs) yeah, you know, he he made Max Payne one and two, and then he's in this like five year slump of like trying to make the next game and his his wife is probably like, well have you you know there's this <laughs> there's these resources. Have you tried uh Google, you know? And he's just like Jesus Christ what, woman. What, like <laughs> what is Google? <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Let me make game. Yeah. Um it's like yeah I I yeah Alan Wake the game you like you just I think it requires you once it really does cover so much, even though it's very simple on the, on the premise. I mean, like I, I believe the original box art said on the cover, it's like psychological thriller, a, you know, a psychological thriller. And that more or less covers the game in a nutshell. Like 
but I don't think it even sells the whole package of Max Payne because it's like it's like this a weird assortment of inspirations and um, homages that somehow like work and I almost feel like that because of those homages is that the reason why this game didn't get the following that it did at the start Mm. you know Twin Peaks had not gotten its Tumblr Etsy revolution you know revitalization at the time David Lynch even though he was still popular I mean he was fresh off Inland Empire and so that wasn't on the mind of a lot of people you know Stephen King was still kind of relegated to the sort of uh the past I guess you could say he hadn't been reborn uh in the the you know the libtard minds <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> yet so like I feel like if this game maybe had came out a few years later then it might have been a bigger hit because people have been like oh yeah Twin Peaks yeah like I love that or I love I love yeah it. I love it or you know any Stephen King book it's like because remedy is so in their own world that i feel like as a result it bit them in the ass a little bit but it's you know i wouldn't want them to like say oh yeah alan wick goes on the back burner for a few more years because we need people to be like into what we like it alan wake is a textbook example of like a developer doing what they want and not caring what people think of what their influences are and it's another case of like the right people will find this and it, it will get the the good word will spread. Mm-hmm. I, I think tech wise, th- this was a weird limbo phase in gaming too, where like when, when they made Max Payne and Max Payne two, there was a sense of innovation with both of them that they're kind of advancing something. Mm-hmm. Um, PS three, Xbox three sixty. Is that what this came out on? Yes. Those are fun systems, but they're kind of this weird limbo phase where they they're kind of um yeah, they're they're, H- they didn't, they're HD, but they're not clean HD. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't none of I can't think of any games there that really truly advanced gaming. You know, yeah, um, a lot of a lot of the there were some games at the time that were like revolution or you know technical showcases i mean more so on the ps3 than like the 360 um like you know a lot of sony's games at the times were definitely like showcasing like look how look how visually advanced our games are like the uncharted games or last of us yeah. or the kill zone franchise you know little big planet was a big thing at the time like Oh, hey, you can create your own games, yeah. out of, like tools that we give you. Or, I mean, MGS4 was also at the time. That's another PS3 exclusive. Um, yeah, Alan Wake, even though Alan Wake is still like, even back then was visually great to look at, and the light mechanic is still holds up today, and the environments still hold up today. Um, it's in this like weird transitory period where when gaming was still kind of a niche thing but it's still it was gaining popularity and sort of quote-unquote nerdy things were still for nerdy people like games 
mm-hmm. and the sort of general populace hadn't gotten to games or gotten back into Lynch or King. So it like Alan Wake kind of sits in this like uh, literally sits in the Cauldron Lake Island all alone by itself. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the biggest hits of like 2010 are like Red Dead Redemption, the sort of yeah, crowd ple- and, yeah. and Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim was right around the corner. Yeah, uh, Fallout was still kind of fresh in people's minds. The, uh, the open world, make your own narrative kind of story thing was kind of the the thing here. And then like nar- like single player linear narrative games were getting a bad rep. And I think like Final Fantasy Thirteen fell under this. Oh yeah. That- you know, it, it got a bad rep at the time. Um, Actually, you know, Final Fantasy Thirteen. it came out two months before Alan Wake, and yeah. it, got, it got panned for being very linear. They, um, they At the time, that style felt a little bit outdated because it was like, well, we're gonna we gotta go open world with everything. We gotta, you know, yeah. broaden mm-hmm. out, but uh, both, I, I get, like, Final Fantasy Thirteen and Alan Wake, I, I think they um they kind of like well, i guess alan wake wanted to go open world but i think it realized it couldn't tell a story yeah it couldn't they couldn't tell like a story because in an open world game the player has co- total agency about what's happening yeah so and i think could... the the story is like for sam lake like that was important and he's like well i'll just make do with what i can and realize and like and it it is a fully realized game like they realized their vision um at the time yeah see it like alan wake too because i think like that is going to be i have a feeling that that's what they wanted to even do with max Payne one and two it seems like they're kind of like getting closer with alan wake with what they really want to do but the tech just wasn't quite there and they didn't have the time. And so the like Alan Wake 2, I have I I have high hopes secretly mm-hmm. that that's gonna be like their great uh remedy blockbuster. Opus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it could. I mean, they're billing it as their first ever survival horror game, and survival horror has seen a rebirth in the last few years, and especially linear horror games. I mean the past decade of like indie horror games and then resident evils sort of like re yeah re- reboot back to more horror centric things and not action centric gameplay i think also helped i mean the dead space remake sold fairly well and that's like a returned survival horror uh i mean silent hill is getting the whole silent hill franchise oh, right. silent hill franchise is being are they redoing um, one too? No, just well, just two. But they're like making okay. a, like they're making a bunch of other games at the same time. It's like the franchise has been like re restarted. Um, what so I, mean, I think? Re- what is your favorite Silent Hill? I lean on two. Yeah, but I I think one is underappreciated. I honestly think one should have been remade instead of two, but. I know why exactly they picked two because everyone talks about two. Well, two is it's really it's incredible. Yeah, so one though is um because I played two and then I played three and then and then only within the past like two or three years I finally played one and it kind of blew me away just like for what it is and the fact that it's the first it it 
it to mm-hmm. me is a perfect it is like as perfect as it can be oh yeah um, especially what they had available to them i mean yeah it's that one i almost hope they wouldn't remake just because it's it to me is so crystallized mm-hmm. it, for what it, even down to like it's grainy ps1 textures like to me the the whole in our going back to the spyro episode and like ps1 jagged. and jagged like the the jaggedness is very integral to what silent hill one is yeah um, def- for sure and yeah i get why but yeah i get why they're remaking too because it's the in vogue one that everyone has an opinion on and everyone has mm-hmm. like a personal sort of experience with it so i get why they're doing it who knows if it'll be good it's handled by a team that hasn't made like an amazing game mm-hmm. um they do have people who were involved with silent hill 2 uh namely the monster designer is uh a part of this remake uh akira yamaoka the composer of the games is attached to the remake and they seem like they have faith in the project. So, I mean, I'll remain optimistic about it. Remains to be seen. Um, but you know, the point being is that Alan Wake going into survival horror, which again feels very in the line of like switching the genre the way that Twin Peaks The Return did. It wasn't like a soap mm-hmm. opera. It wasn't as an upfront soap opera <laughs> as it was back in the day with The Return. And it feels that feels very true with Alan Wake. It goes from this sort of like psychological thriller action game with like little spices of horror to now becoming <laughs> yeah. a proper horror game. Yeah. Uh I hope I hope to see gameplay of that soon. They said it's still on track for this year. Remains to, remains to be seen. You know, there's still, you know, we've only had that one teaser trailer. Which is a great teaser I, trailer. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good sign. Um, it because Alan Wake the first game is um, much of it feels so it's like suggesting of what they wanted to do. Still, like it, it seems like they wanted to to be more violent too. Yeah, there's like yeah, an, that's a yeah. Go there's on. an underpinning of violence in the world of Alan Wake one. That like they really couldn't get into because it has a teen rating. You, you definitely um, see that with the American Nightmare spinoff, mm-hmm. like because that surprise, like surprisingly, gets fairly much more adult um, mm-hmm. in terms of so like Mister Scratch, your like alter ego, Black Lodge persona. Um, he becomes a more uh, tangible pro- antagonist, and yeah. In in American Nightmare, you you see his doings through TV. Mm-hmm. Um, like you turn on the TV and you see what he's up to, and he's like mocking you. But like what he's up to is like it's almost like snuff film ISIS beheading level mm-hmm. of like oh this is really fucking dark. Like it's much more dark than the original, like the first Alan Wake. Yeah, um, yeah. The original feels like it wants to, but it can't because it's trapped in the teen rating. Yeah. Um, so it's like all these sort of uh, alluding to much more violent things. I think, you know, Remedy doing their first ever survival horror has a lot of potential. 
mm-hmm. um, just because of Remedy's quality and what they've done in the past. And the fact that the teaser trailer has like an image of Alan Wake's face all bloodied up. Like, yeah, it's clear that they're going for something more mature and adult. And I hope that their vision isn't compromised at all with that. Um, I I could see. I mean, like, like we're I mean, Max Payne one and two were um, especially Max Payne one was a shockingly adult game. Dead mm-hmm. baby, dead family, and you're murdering people through the slums and yeah, drug, you know, drugs everywhere. Yeah, it's um, it's a game that ages well as you age because it, it becomes more real. Whereas Alan Wake just becomes kind of more cute and um, uh, yeah, more like nostalgic. Like I, I honestly think that the passage of time helps Alan Wake because it's like. The farther away it seems, the more sort of like attached to like a younger self it has. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that like inherent, it's not like a bad game, mind you. I think it does what it does and it does it very well. It's just like that weird, again, like I've, you know, we've said plenty of times in this episode, it's like the fact that it wears its Twin Peaks influence so hard that be, like, the sort of development and release of these of Alan Wake and then like control had the Alan Wake expansion DLC where they connect Alan Wake into the world of control, which was remedy's most recent game. Like it feels like Alan Wake himself is like Cooper traveling in the red room. And it's like, we're just like wondering where he is. Like he's still trapped in, um, He's in now in the dark place. He's still in the dark place and he's trying to get out. And I can only hope that because the M rating, which it probably has two has, I can only hope that like we get, we get like a remedy of the, we get like some classic remedy, like just darkness, like, like prop, like just, you know, full on, like something grisly or, you know something that's very like shocking to the senses um because they do think you know on the paper like alan wake remedy doesn't do anything per se like groundbreaking on the surface level but it's like you have to play it to sort of experience what they do Mm -hmm. um and you know i think I hopefully, you know, with these last three weeks, I hopefully, hopefully we're able to sell people on Remedy as a game developer because I think they're very, they're very beloved by their fan base. And I think that, um, it's not like the biggest of fan bases, like, but like Remedy is known to those who play Remedy games and why Remedy games are special. And I think Alan Wake is another great example of this just because it's this wholly unique little moment for them where they got to like create their own sam lake got to create his own little twin peaks fan fiction (laughs) where he got to like insert himself almost feels like a self-insert as like the writer in his game is like fighting back against him sort of thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i mean i can only hope that through these last three weeks that we have convinced people to give you know, remedy and their various games a shot. I yeah. think, you know, if you don't have a PC, 
for Pete for Max Payne, you always can play Control or Alan Wake. You know, they're readily available on modern systems. Um, and obviously Alan Wake 2 coming soon, or heck, even even Quantum Break, which is probably I would say their low their not their best game, but it still <laughs> has a lot of really interesting ideas, like being able to dictate the pay, like the outcome of a TV show that runs basically parallel with the game itself. Like, I think that's, you know, a very interesting idea that, you know, I would like to maybe see them try again. Maybe Mm -hmm. Alan Wake 2 will do that. I don't know. But I don't, I guess, you know, to, to wrap, you know, all of this up, Alan Wake up, Remedy up. I mean, do you have any final thoughts, Ryan, about this, these, this month we've done? Oh my god! On I Alan mean, Wake, on Max. I don't want to have final thoughts. I don't want it to. End. <laughs> yeah, that's it true. So I don't fun. want. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> what want am I to do th- now. I'm gonna play Resident uh, Evil Four, I guess. And yeah, I guess so. Hey, yeah, it's not a bad game. You know, go to the the extra features and just bounce around Ashley's titties. Yeah, you just you know unlock the Ashley model and just like <laughs> uh, watch your titties bounce. Um, which is that's a great actually time. exactly what I'm gonna do. But yeah, you're just. Uh, you just be like, you just gonna tell your girlfriend like, honey, it's for research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like, just like when you got your gaming, your gaming PC, it's like it's for research. I'm tr- I'm trying to create David's vulva. It's gonna yeah. take some hours. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, These I things gotta... don't happen overnight. <laughs> oh my god, uh, it's yeah, it's like, honey, listen. I know you're right there in the other room, but I have to admire the perfect female form. Now, please let me look at my ballistics. I don't think I told you too, but in, uh, when I made Kelby in New Vegas, he's this like swarthy black man <laughs> with like some stellar like pirate facial hair. <laughs> I mean, I'll release that on some side content, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say. Um, if the message of the past three weeks, this feels like the the trick thing. Like you go to those like Jesus events where they kind of like sneak in Jesus at the end, and Jesus <laughs> is Alan Wake because everyone already <laughs> loves Max Payne. Alan Wake is worth it. I think it's. Uh, I would be really happy to see it get his comeuppance. Yeah, because um, it, it's uh, all the love that you see and sense in Max Payne one and two is like on full display in Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Alan Wake is, um, I don't think shoddy is the right way because it's really well done and well crafted and well considered in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just, it seems, um, it does seem like the, an amateur love project. Uh, I yeah, think it, it's worth it, especially with Alan Wake two coming. Oh yeah, um, I, I no better time to get into Alan Wake than right now. I mean, the remaster is available on every system, and it's probably available for a decent price now because it's been like two years. It was already like thirty. It was like thirty dollars when it came out, so it's yeah. like it's probably like twenty or fifteen. I think I got it pretty cheap. Well, yeah. we, we didn't even mention like the rock show segment and like there's oh, yeah, some, the, there's some, there's great, some moments. great moments. Uh, yeah, the, the rock show segment, which is fantastic with more poets and fall <laughs> music. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of other great moments in the game. I mean, I think the, the key to enjoying all that is like looking into Sam Lake as the, the creative director. Cause it, when you see MGS, you, you know, Hideo Kojima and you, 
Uh, you look at last of us, you know, Neil Druckmann, but Sam Lake is pretty quiet and he's not as well known. And like, he's, uh, he's very quiet, but he's very powerful. Yeah. If you, if you kind of see his creative vision, you see the artists behind all the, these projects, it kind of opens them up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's not per he's not like a director in a Hideo Kojima sense or a suit of 51 or Hideki Kamiya or Neil Druckmann or whoever you want to label, you know, video game auteur director. Mm -hmm. Cause he's, you know, more or less, he's always been in charge of the story or, uh, yeah, like most of the time he's the writer or the creative director or anything, but he's still in charge of like that vision, like that story, that experience that has, um, yeah, that, that, that make that makes their game so exciting and interesting to play. You know, Alan Way or Max Payne one and two would not be the experiences they had if Sam Lake was not a part of them. Alan Wake would not be the same without him. Uh, you know, Quantum, even you know, Quantum Break or Control would not be the same without his involvement in the games. And I think you know. He's, you know, this very quiet, very quiet, very powerful Finnish man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you can tell that he, his works mean a lot because Hideo, Hideo put him in Death Stranding. Like, you know that mm -hmm. when Hideo puts a guy in there, he, he puts him in there for a reason. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hideo puts Jeff Keighley in because he had, he likes his white man. <laughs> uh, he likes his video game promoter hype man yeah to, uh, to bits and he's like i put you in video game um and they <laughs> but yeah i mean of all the game creators that hideo kojima could have put in he puts in sam lake mm -hmm. you know that should be evident of how much sam lake matters to the story of gaming and yeah i guess you know to wrap this things up it's like remedy Remedy may not be like the most flashy, the most big name developer with the biggest names attached to their projects, but you, at the end of the day, they're still a very passionate studio that has delivered some amazing experiences for me personally. I know for you, Ryan, and mm -hmm. tons of other people on the timeline, you know, have shared their stories with Max about Max Payne or Alan Wake or Control or you name it. And, you know, I think the ultimate takeaway is just, you know, play Remedy games, you know, yeah. just play them. I, I really can't encourage, I really can't say it enough. Just play their games. I think you're going to have a wonderful time. So I think I have to thank you, Ryan, for one final time. Oh, my God. Which no, is sad to say, but. Oh, this, thank this, you so much. It, it's this, been an absolute honor to. uh be featured in a trilogy of episodes yeah now you hold the title as most featured guest you have a Let's solid go you have a solid three episode lead over everyone <laughs> yeah let's see uh but i thank you so much i thank everyone for joining us on the, the remedy trilogy and i think that's where the recording will stop for tonight Standing on a broken field White crippled wings beating the sky 
harbingers of war with their nature revealed and our chances flowing by If I can let the memory heal I will remember you with me on that field When I thought that And we're already too late if we arrive at all.